Hello and welcome to episode seven of The Brand Lounge, a place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses, inspiring brand stories, and practical advice for entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Tammy Heels, and today I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit about my business journey and the 10 key lessons that I have learned in the first year of being fully self-employed. Now, I'll be sharing my full brand story with you guys in a future episode, but for some context, because it always helps, I created my business, Shadowcat Creative, in July 2017 with some very humble goals. I was looking to save up a bit of a deposit for a house. I wasn't having any intentions of taking this full-time as a business because it just hadn't occurred to me. I was in a full-time role as a designer in a corporate. So I ran my business for nearly two and a half years alongside my full-time role. As you can imagine, there were a lot of late nights. There were a lot of weekends that went into this, a lot of lunch breaks that were spent over a laptop. And in October last year, so 2019, I actually handed in my notice and took my business full time. Now, it wasn't a decision that I had intended to make at that point. I was working towards leaving in 2020, so this year, but things escalated very quickly. There were some very difficult circumstances at my role, in my job, in my workplace. And for the sake of my mental health, as much as anything else, I chose to leave my role a lot sooner than I had expected. So now it's been just over a year of being fully self-employed within my business and what a year to pick. But hey, they do say that you're never going to be ready. And yeah, I, I agree with that. And I mean, yeah, 2020 has had its tough times, but I've also achieved far more than I ever expected. So I'm now, for example, a director of my own company because I went limited this year. So Shadowcat is now Shadowcat Creative Limited. I've co-hosted a global summit just as the outbreak hit. I've launched this podcast to bring my dulcet tones to your ears. And both my business and myself have grown so much in the last 12 months. So I really wanted to share with you guys the 10 most valuable lessons that I have learned when I'm looking back that have had the biggest impact on how I've stepped into my business and how my business has stepped up with me. Um, So yeah, let's get started. The first lesson that I'm going to share with you is that employee mindset is a thing. Now, I never considered myself as a traditional employee. I was always striving for more. I always wanted to change things, make efficiencies, make everything better. And I found it very difficult that not only as a female in the workplace, but also as a designer and a creative, there comes a time when you hit a certain level within a corporate world that you either have to choose between becoming a manager and dropping your skills or focusing on your skills and kind of taking the understanding that your career isn't going to be able to progress much further. It feels very backwards to me, but I feel like that's a conversation for another day. But for me, one of the biggest realizations that I had, which didn't actually hit me until I'd I'd been self-employed for a good six months, and it was when I was working with my business coach, was that there is a definitive difference between the mindset of being an employee and the mindset of being a business owner. So not only are you now solely responsible for all of the decisions that go on in your business, but you're also responsible for all of the successes and all of the failures. And it is a lot. And as someone personally who thrives on recognition, it was really tough to learn to be my own cheerleader because there's no one else there that's going to tell you that you've done a good job when you have. And sure, you get client feedback. 
and you can get your testimonials and you can see the impact that you're making. But it is a big shift in mindset to step up into this much bigger role. I found that it caught me a few times where I felt despondent about not having someone there to say that I was doing good or that I could take a day off or to give me permission to do what I needed to do next. And when you're accountable to yourself and your clients, you're also responsible for taking that action and you have to learn how to guide yourself. And I found that by taking the time to recognize my achievements, that was really key in me being able to navigate around that despondent employee feeling and really step into that leadership role that I felt naturally drawn to. It took time, but it felt a much more comfortable place. So it's really hard to recognize when you're doing something well, and it is difficult to do. But one thing that one piece of advice that I can give you that's something practical that I found really helped was having a jar of joy on my desk or a jar of awesome or whatever you want to call it, which is basically a jar or a glass or a vase or some form of container. Mine's a cat shaped cookie jar because hashtag on brand. And every time that you have done something that you're proud of or stepped out your comfort zone or achieved something or received feedback that just made you light up, write it down on a post-it note with the date, fold it up and pop it in your jar. And it acts as a really good visual reminder of just how great you're doing and the things that you are achieving. So recognize your successes because when you're your own boss, you're the only one that's going to do it. The second lesson that I'm going to share with you is that boundaries are key to a happy work-life blend. Some of the boundaries that I found to be really helpful to implement for me and my business were learning to say no, which is, let's face it, it's super difficult to do. Now, whether you're choosing to say no to a three-hour one-to-one or to someone wanting to pick your brains, or maybe someone's insisting on meeting in person when actually a 10-minute phone conversation or a Zoom call would actually bring the solution much quicker and be more efficient for everyone involved. Saying no to work and clients that you're not a great fit for. Now, I'm not an idealist. I'm not going to say that you should only ever work with your ideal clients. I mean, that is the dream, but it's not always practical. But if there are clear red flags that you know are going to make the project take over your life and drain you, then it's okay to say no. I am giving you permission to say no to those red flags if you choose. You can move them onto someone else who is more suitable for what they need. I mean, I've had potential clients that I've said no to who have then gone on to recommend me anyway because I've helped them find a solution, even if that solution wasn't me at the time. It's okay to do that. And I'm sure we'll be covering boundaries in more depth in a future episode, but I've got a couple more quick ones that I'm just going to talk about. My best advice for finding areas that could benefit from having boundaries put in place is have a look at your business objectively, find the areas that really drain you that you don't enjoy, and then find a way to instigate a boundary that makes that feel better. So for example, maybe you're the kind of person that you find calls in the morning make you feel very scattered for the rest of the day. So perhaps a boundary you could put in place is to only take calls in the afternoon. Or perhaps you're in the habit of overbooking yourself, which is again, another one that I've had to instigate. And I found that calendar blocking was really helpful because then you can visually see everything that you've got in your diary that day. So when something new and shiny comes along, you actively have to make a choice to say no to something in order to put in something else. So 
those are two of the boundaries that I found, three of the boundaries that I found very helpful in my business. And like I said, just take a look and see where you feel a boundary could be put and try it out, see how it works for you, but give it time to work it out. And talking of boundaries, lesson number three is to work to your energy. Now, at first, when I first became self-employed, I was still getting up at the same time that I used to when I was working in the corporate and I wasn't finishing work until my other half got home pre-COVID. He's been working at home since. So I was working kind of 10 to 12 hour days still and it was so draining and I found that I had to brute force a lot of the work when I wasn't in the right uh, frame of mind or had the right energy for it. Being creative is not something you can switch on or off and you can't force design work to happen. Um, And I'm sure that as any business owner, whether you're a designer or not, there is a certain amount of creativity that you need to be able to access in order to do your marketing, in order to do your sales. So I found that trying to work in the mornings and do design work in the mornings just didn't work for me. Now I'm much more mindful of working to how I feel. So if I feel inspired to work until 11 o'clock at night, then I will. I did last night, actually, I was drafting and mind mapping a bunch of content ideas on the sofa whilst watching Twitch with my other half until like 1am. And it was so much fun and I really enjoyed it. And I felt so inspired by the work that I was coming up with. But then this morning, I chose not to work until 11 o'clock and I had a super long bubble bath and it was beautiful. And this goes back to point one, you're no longer an employee You are the leader and you need to show up with the best energy for yourself, for your business and for your clients. And if that means that you need to prioritize a morning or a coffee, or you feel inspired to write a blog post at 3am or whatever it is that you need to do, that's okay. You can work to your energy. You no longer have to stick to that nine to five. And my goodness, isn't that liberating? So give yourself permission to work to your best self and do what you need to do to give yourself the energy and space to do that. So lesson number four, and this is quite a chunky one. Lesson number four was letting go of assumptions and expectations. So this was a huge one for me, and it's something that I see massive changes with in my clients when we work through this. But assumptions and expectations can be difficult to manage. They're part of us as humans, and they are generally fueled by self-doubt and imposter that pesky imposter syndrome. But by letting go of these, you can deal with the issues that are actually there, not the issues that you perceive to find. So for example, and this is a key example that I come across very frequently. So I hope that this helps with some perspective. Someone comes to you and asks for a quote on a project. Do you A, quote the price based on the transformation you offer, knowing that it is worth whatever the investment is that you're asking for? Or B, Do you agonize over what to charge because you're trying to guess what they would be willing to pay? So if it's the second one, which hands up, I think every business owner has been there. The key point there is that you're making assumptions about that person's finances, which quite frankly is none of your business. You're offering a solution to a problem they have. You cannot convince them to part with their money if they are not ready for that solution. If it's not the right solution in their mind, they will not hand over that money. And that doesn't matter what you were charging. I've been told that I'm too expensive when I was charging a hundred pound for a logo back in the day. 
I've also been told that I should charge more when I quote £5,000 for a branding project because your assumptions about their money mindset is just going to fuel your self-doubt and doesn't belong. So let go of the assumption, offer your solution, and if it's right, it will work out. And if it's not, and they choose not to pay you the money or they choose not to close the deal, whatever it is, then it just means it's not a priority to them at this moment. You're not too expensive. You're just not their priority. Now, expectations is very similar. And I did this many, many times where I'm sure you guys can probably relate to this one as well, where I would post once about a service and then expect that to be enough information for someone to go, yep, that's for me. I was expecting my audience to fully understand what I was offering and realize that they needed it and expected them to get in touch to ask any questions that they had. Now, that's just not going to happen. And I was just setting myself up for failure. By letting go of our expectations and assumptions and taking responsibility for the things that we can control, you'll be making decisions with confidence and conviction rather than from a place of doubt and lack. So number five is plan for the unexpected as best as you can. So my step into self-employment, as I talked about earlier, was largely unexpected and it took some very big and very quick adjustments to make it feel more possible. And then the biggest unexpected turn happened with COVID. I mean, as a fan of zombie fiction being my literacy junk food, I feel like I've lived these events many, many times through those pages. But in all seriousness, COVID blindsided everyone. But it's not the only thing that can Now, if you listen to the Halloween special of this podcast, which is the next episode after this, you'll hear so many examples of random things that can happen that you can't predict or expect, but it doesn't mean that you can't implement some things to make it easier. For me, a pivotal point was having contracts and terms and conditions in place to help with any unexpected client issues. So for example, if someone doesn't pay you, or if a project grows and grows and takes up more and more of your time, or even if your client just disappears for weeks or months or days, depending on your schedule, it just leaves you in a real pickle with your schedule and your finances. Having contracts, standard payment terms, and clear communication at the start of working together really is key to minimizing being caught out in these situations. So you can't control others and you can't expect the worst all the time, but you can set out what and how the work will progress and how you want this time to be defined between you. If you have those clear expectations as a benefit rather than a restriction, and don't be afraid to manage your clients. You are the expert and the leader that they are choosing to work with, so own that. You can't always plan for the unexpected, but you can have contingencies in place that will make it easier should something happen. So lesson number six is building a business your way is the best feeling, but it can be quite hard to do. So I'll be talking more about cleansing your business in December, but for me, learning how I wanted my business to grow and embracing my own goals and choosing to market in a way that I enjoyed was really a game changer for when I stepped up in my business. And it's still a process that I'm going through now. I think it always will be, but 
I'm sure that you can understand that there is so much noise and so many gurus in bunny quotes with their roadmaps and their blueprints and their five-step programs to hit multiple six-figure businesses in 24 days. And it's just, it can be deafening. And it's so easy to lose focus on what you want and why you chose to create your business and how you want that business to feel. It took me the best part of the year and an apocalypse to finally cleanse my business marketing and mindset of most of the crap that I'd picked up over the last three years. But I feel like as business owners, we're so afraid of doing things our own way that it's easier to try someone else, be someone else, do things someone else's way. When actually doing it your way is going to be the way to last. So if it's easy to go after the quick win, let's move on to point seven. It takes time. Whatever you are doing in your business now will help you create the business you'll have in three months time or six months time or a year's time. The point is everything you're doing now is for the business you you want to have in the future Because if you're going to market the business as you have it now, it's never going to change. It's never going to grow. When I create brands for my clients, we're always goal focused. We do goal setting first. When I do coaching with my clients, it's goals up front. We look at what you want to achieve and then we work out how to create a brand that will get you there. Because if you brand where you are, that's where you'll stay. If you brand where you want to go, that's where you're going to make those big changes and really step into that business that you want to have. I was so guilty of trying every new strategy or every new marketing channel and giving it a go for like a month or less and getting frustrated when it wasn't working. But not only did I not try to give things a go for long enough, but I also did it without strategy behind it, without tracking how it was going. I mean, I wouldn't even know if they were working if I gave them enough time because I wasn't tracking how things were going in the first place. I didn't give them enough time to establish. I didn't give people enough time to get used to this new way of me marketing to them. So it felt weird and it just kind of fell by the wayside. One thing that I want you guys to always remember is that you are the only person who sees all of your content. It is very, very unlikely that one person will see every social post, every email, every YouTube video, every blog post, every networking event. Like you are the only one that's going to see everything. So just keep going and give new ideas time to have that time to establish and make sure that you're tracking them and reflecting on how well they're working before giving up. And I know that it takes patience. And as someone who has a very limited amount of patience, as I'm sure my mum will agree, it can be tough. But in order to really embrace the ways that you're going to enjoy doing marketing and you're going to enjoy running your business, you need to give them time to find their feet. You can't just do something overnight and hope that it's going to work and give up when it doesn't. Give it a good old go. So the next point on my list, number eight is selling isn't sleazy. This was a fun one. (laughs) So selling isn't sleazy. And in fact, you can't really have a business without it. Um, I know that selling feels uncomfortable for a lot of people, but you really need to be able to sell in order to make the money and the level of life that you want. 
And yes, I mean, we know everyone has their non-financial goals and we all have our non-financial based whys for our businesses. But selling is kind of the key because money can facilitate the future that we want to experience. So past Tammy, I really hated asking for money. I hated talking about money. I hated looking at my bank account. I just, I always said that I was bad with money. I just had a very poor relationship with anything that was financial. And a lot of that was just me being stubborn with not embracing and understanding it. I didn't take the time to mend that relationship with money, which meant that I found selling and asking for money incredibly hard. But I found when I was working with my wonderful business coach, shout out to Adina Kroll, I started to get more comfortable with money and understanding what selling actually is. And I realized that I could sell within my business without it feeling gross or uncomfortable or like I was stealing or tricking people into giving me money because at the end of the day, they're not, you know, you offer them a solution, as we said earlier, the royal we, as I said earlier, you offer a solution and if it's right for them, then they will make the investment that you're asking for. So the key for me to understand selling completely was this definition. So if you've got a notepad, take note. Selling is simply offering a choice to someone who has a problem that you can solve. That's it. So I'm going to say that again. Selling is simply offering a choice to someone who has a problem that you can solve. You're not asking for money. You're not manipulating them into buying something. You are offering them a solution that they can choose to accept. And there is a financial transaction that facilitates that. So that reframing was really magic for me and made the whole process feel much more comfortable. So lesson number nine, uh, bit of a behind the scenes here. I've realized that I've misnumbered. So you're actually going to get 11, but don't tell anyone. So lesson number nine is mindset is important. Now, whether you go full woo or whether you simply take time to check in with how your emotional health is each day, it is important to look after that beautiful mind of yours. Imposter syndrome, comparisonitis, generally feeling a bit glum or full of self-doubt. There will be days when you don't feel like the powerful business owner that I know you are. Now, I mean, I've cried to my coach, my friends, the parents more times than I count, but now I actively try and celebrate with them too. And if you had told me a year ago and you had told corporate Tammy that I would take time each day to journal to help get my thoughts out and clear space for the day ahead, just no. Or if you had told me that I would take a moment each morning to check in with my energy and assess how I was going to approach the day, no. Just no. And if you had even dared to suggest that I would write myself a letter to my future self talking about everything that I've achieved in 2021 and sealed it in an envelope to open in one year's time, honestly, the eye rolls, oh my goodness, so much eye rolling. But these are all things that I have done that have helped me to keep my very stubborn and very noisy mind in a much more calm state. I mean, 
don't get me wrong, I still have the moments where it all feels too much and I end up crying on a voice note to my friend while sat on the kitchen floor hugging one of the cats. But on the whole, my mindset is what has allowed me to grow and experience the success that I have and that I know is going to continue to come. Since making time to look after my mindset, I have generally felt that most days I can approach with fresh energy and excitement in my business and knowing that better days are coming and celebrating the successes when those days do come. And honestly, looking after that beautiful brain of yours can really break down some big barriers and big limiting beliefs that you may have that you don't realize. It makes business feel easier when you're approaching it from a place of abundance and excitement than it is when you're feeling from a place of self-doubt and lacking. So lesson number 10 and the penultimate one, because your girl can't count. Lesson number 10, your business is constantly evolving and so are you. Now, if you were to tell me a year ago that I would be coaching other business owners and helping them to hit their goals through my knowledge and approach to branding and marketing, I don't know if I would have believed you. It was always something that I wanted to move into, but I always thought that that would be years down the line. But then again, if you were told 2017 Tammy that she'd start a business, I wouldn't have believed you. Or if you had told me last year in January that I was going to quit my job with no savings or buffer, then that would have been a big no. My point is that I am so grateful for all of the opportunities that my business has brought me and the way that it has pushed me out of my comfort zone a hundred times to learn so many new things, both practical and also about myself. And I'm so proud of myself and so proud of everything that my business has helped me to achieve both myself and through my clients. But it's more than that. I feel like a different person, like the person I could never have been in the corporate world. And I'm grateful AF for sticking with things when it's been hard. And in the corporate world, and I'm sure that others can relate to this, my measure of success was my bank account. So it was always um, focusing on the pay rise or focusing on the bonus. But within my business, you know, in the last year, I've had a 10K month and then I've had several months where I didn't earn a penny, but I still felt successful. It's no longer the finances that dictate my success, but it's more than that, including the freedom to be myself and the things, doing things my way and having the space to be able to try and fail and succeed on my own terms and helping others to do the same is just wonderful. So just keep in mind that wherever you feel in your business journey now, the steps that you take will help you change and evolve as a person and as a business into that business that you dream of having. The key is making sure that you take those actions, even when you're feeling like you can't see the results. Look back at the previous points, like give yourself time and try things out and look after that mindset. And the final lesson, your little Brucey bonus, number 11, is that the people are the best. The people that I've met since I've been running my business, both whilst I was fully employed in the corporate world as well, and now in the last year where I've been fully self-employed, like I've had friends come into my life that I never expected, that I talk to daily, and they've really helped me with so many things and in so many ways. 
Some of them are previous clients. Some of them are businesses that I've worked with, like my coach and my copywriter. Some could be classed as my competition. Not that I really think that that's a thing, but you know, I feel so fortunate to have all of these people in my life that I'm sure many of you will understand that the friendships that are forged through business have something special about them. And I think it's because we've chosen to lead a life on our own terms and creating something that has an impact, which can be quite difficult to understand if you are the kind of person where you're quite happy in having an employed job and having that regular income. I mean, I totally understand that. And we're all different, which is what the beauty of it is. But having other people who have made similar choices to you is really inspiring. And if you're just starting out, and all of this sounds like a dream, (laughs) I highly recommend finding your tribe or whatever you want to call it, because having those people around you who understand you and celebrate with you and who will give you a kick up the ass when you need one and just understand and hold that space for you. It really is incredible and it helps you to elevate and push yourself out of your comfort zone with, it's almost like having a warm safety blanket around you because you know, you've got people there to support you. So yeah, absolutely. Surround yourself with people who believe in you, even in the moments when you don't believe in yourself. Okay. So those are the 11 most valuable lessons that I have found in my first year of being self-employed. And I really hope that some of these have resonated with you and you found some new ways of reframing things or you have considered different ways of approaching something. And I would love to know which ones feel like they could have an impact on you and your business or if there's something in there that you weren't expecting to hear. So come on over to the Brand Lounge community on Facebook and I would love to continue the conversation there. Um, Until then, I really hope that you celebrate just how amazing you are and take a moment of gratitude for all that your business allows you to experience because as much as these journeys have ups and downs, it really is such a wonderful thing to do. Um, And understanding that you're making the choice to have an impact on the world in your own way is just incredible. And if you are looking for some additional support, like I said, there's a Facebook community. Come on over. It's a wonderful, cozy vibe. And I do offer coaching services to help frustrated business owners to move through these things. Like I've gone through these. I understand where you're at. I know how it feels. So if you want someone to talk to, by all means, head over to my website, Uh, the links in the show notes and you can book a call with me and we can just have a chat, see if we can get you moving forward in your business. So until then, be sure to subscribe because on Thursday, I am so excited. On Thursday, I am joined by two guests for the Halloween special and we're going to be sharing your small business horror stories and it is not one to be missed. But until then, take care of your brain, take care of your business and take care of yourself. And I will see you over in the brand lounge.